shit, and he goes for it, and he gets fucked up. I'm talking with cats. I'm like, they're not deathly allergic, but like, pretty allergic. Yo, you guys want to start? Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So, welcome to the very first official official podcast. Podcast. I'm not going to be able to not laugh anytime someone says podcast. And let's uh, take bets on who's going to get up to go pee first, me or Larry, because Larry just... I just peed, but I'm on my second cold brew, so... There we go. All right, I'm your host, Mill, with my co-host, Larry. What's up? I was uh, mid-sip. I'm not going to say do the Chris shit with the hey, Larry. we got to come up with something cool. Hey, Chris. (laughs) Yeah, hey, Chris. Everybody loves Chris. No. Everybody hates Chris. Everybody Everybody loves Raymond. (laughs) Fucking word. And... Steve. Hi. What up, Steve? All right. Literally no response. And what's up, Larry? Uh, Shit. So, um, before we get into any topics today, Larry made us some dope cold brew. I think that's what we're all drinking right now. True. After that, though, we got some more Silent X. That's what I call it. Yes, sir. Silent X. <laughs> Word. X don't give it to you. <laughs> Shout out DMX. And... Um... This is going real well, clearly. Uh, today, we're going to talk about pop punk today, current day, and what that term constitutes. Lots of shit. It's huge. And what it means to us personally, what we think is pop punk, what we like, what we don't like. And um, basically, if you're listening to this, you're probably just going to get offended. Maybe. So. Yeah, it could be. I'm, I'm here to make sure that doesn't happen. Fair enough. So he looked at the microphone and like said, <laughs> "Hey, direct direct communication." Hey, by for by sure. making sure it doesn't happen, he's, he means he's gonna unplug my microphone and put it back in my backpack. <laughs> so, uh, right. what you guys been listening to lately? It doesn't have to be pop punk. I just wanna and KOTP shoot some shit. Yeah, nothing else. Yeah, word <laughs> step by step. Shout out, shout out Jordan Knight, all of them. Mostly him though. I've been listening to like a lot of fucking weird, um, weird shit lately, like singer songwriter shit. Oh yeah. Like uh, Carol King. Oh word, that's so, cool. Yeah, just trying to like break down like that. I- I'm trying to get better on piano word. lately because I feel like I just kind of stopped getting better at playing guitar like ten years ago. <laughs> right. Uh, I was talking to Josh about that the other day on the Facebook thing. He like posted. He's like, "Oh, my first show was this at this day." I'm like, "Oh, my first show was on this day." I'm like, "Shit, that was like almost 20 years ago. I should be way better at guitar than this." Your first show was like when I was probably like nine. It was I think 13 or 14. Yeah, and Steve was five in 2001. I so, yeah. our first show. So, so you got no, no. So you got a pretty wide range of of ages here. Sort of, of pop-punk eras, but we all kind of like similar shit, so this would be interesting. Steve, what do you uh, We know what Steve's been listening to, probably just comic books. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm on not, Nothing Left to Love probably three to five times a day, just because of where I'm at, and uh, I've actually, um, I've been in a phase where I'm listening to a ton of Future. Dude, word, I love Future. Like, the Wizard album, and then Playboy Cardi Leaks, you know. That's pretty sick. I've been listening to a lot of Frank Ocean, too. Respect. I mean... I'm probably gonna shift it up. I've been making a playlist of MCMB for the gym, dude. Tight. But um, like I'm gonna do my taxes soon, so that's gonna make me like too angry. So I'm gonna have to listen to like some chill lo-fi beats. You know, you yeah. Spotify chill lo-fi <laughs> study and chill. No, at that point you just gotta listen to murder music. Yeah. DMX. We yeah. did listen to DMX the other night, like pretty extensively. It was sick. DMX is probably the hardest rapper Ever. because 
he just goes off like crazy and then does like a prayer. Right, like full ass actual legitimate prayers, crying and shit. It's got like like so much reverb. It sounds like he's in the pulpit of a big empty church. DMX is great, and I love that he's an actual crazy person. DMX should have been the pastor on Seventh Heaven. <laughs> that would have made that show way cooler. Me and Larry were talking about this, how, like, in the, in the 90s, like, all these sitcoms, like, they would talk about, like, oh, my kid, like, found out what weed is. We have to, like, fucking ground them for eight months and, like, call the cops and all that. Like, it was so overdramatic. Or someone would, like, drink a beer and they would just, like... Well, kids were hopping spray paint out of the bed. Yeah, like, all... Like, that full, show was full, so sick. That show, Full House, did that kind of shit. I remember the episode of Family Matters when the girl had a gun at school. Yeah. She fucking full-on shot somebody. But, like, see, like, the, 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 see, the reason... Because I've been watching Step by Step on Hulu... And that show was cool as fuck because instead of those type of issues, there's the one I was watching last night where the one chick's like, I need bigger boobs. And like, that was the issue of the fucking episode. And I'm like, see, like, that's real life problems right there. Like, yeah. That constitutes as a social outcry for, you know, political change and the way we think. And, you know, it's real mind boggling stuff. And it's all in a 23 minute segment. So cutting edge shit. Fucking Seven Heaven got like forty five minutes, and they're just like, "Yo, your fucking oh. kids are drinking paint." Like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's where, that's you know that's where we are. Fucking normal yes. so uh, shit. So uh, segue into the pop punk portion of the podcast because <laughs> um, if you like pop punk, you probably huff paint. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it gets to you eventually. So, yeah, so I, I have this talk a lot with people about genres, and I think genres are kind of they're kind of stupid because they're really only good for if you say, hey, what does that band sound like? I've never heard them. And then you say, oh, it sounds like this. And then it like gives you some kind of sure. insight. But, like, when you start arguing, if you are talking to two, somebody else and two people both know what a band <laughs> sounds like, then you're arguing over the name of the genre. It's kind of redundant. There are some that I argue about, but, like, pop punk has become so broad, and I, I think, like, today, I don't even really know who the bigger... Like, who's the biggest pop punk band right now? I can name Ooh. some of them. You know what the problem with that question... Or I wouldn't say the question, but with any answer, mm. and this is kind of something I wanted to get to, is, like, the bands, when they reach that level of success, you hit a point to where you don't sound like that anymore. Well... Right, and we're going to talk about that. I have something to say about that. But I just mean, like, if it's not, like, the biggest... Okay, like, so, obviously, A Day to Remember comes from Pop Punk, and they're huge. Mm-hmm. All-time low. State Champs is very big right now. They're not all-time low big. No, but in that world, they're... Sure. ...climbing pretty fast. Sure. Um, the Wonder Years is still very popular. Yeah. Real Friends is pretty popular. Real Friends broke up. They're, like... I think that they're... They just deleted all their social media and then they're... I think a, they're going to announce a, a record. It's a publicity stunt. I think it's a publicity stunt, yeah. That's kind of cheap. I mean, I don't really care, but whatever. Um, and then... The last uh, record was really good. I liked it. I don't care. Uh, and then, like, there's bands now, like, Knuckle Puck getting pretty popular. And, like, Knuckle saying, Puck is almost doing that, like, quasi-soft grunge thing. They're getting there. The thing with Knuckle Puck... They're, like, doing that thing where they're booking shows at places like Beat Kitchen where it's not practical because they're way bigger than that. Oh, yeah. And taking um, a bunch of hardcore bands, which is sick, though. And so, like, that's the thing. Yeah. is like, I'm not talking about, like, the biggest as far as draw, but, like, who's popular? Like, who are people... Who, I'm going to squeak who the do people, Go ahead. Who do people like right now in pop punk? Who's, who's the next? Because, you know, if you go yes. if you go through the eras, it's kind of like... 
I mean, Blink is still the biggest. I was gonna say Blink as well. They just they put out an album. It did really fucking well. Okay, like, but that's it's not. Blink. That's not. But that's not really what I'm asking. It's like, yeah, Blink always gonna be the biggest. Okay, yeah, true. I feel like Blink is never a. Answer for that because it's blank. Like, so that's like asking, like you know, what's the? It's like McDonald's could come out with a different menu item. They're still gonna be the most popular fast food. So you're saying? Fair. Fair. I don't want to say underground because nothing's really underground anymore with the internet. So it's like you're saying in the world of like independent music. Yeah. Okay, that's a good way to put that. Yeah. Um. Shit. I would. I would say. I don't know. If, if a day to remember counts, but I don't think I, they count. I think we're going to enter a new era of pop punk or whatever it sounds like in 2020 because I think everybody's kind of, like, feeling it out. I heard a band that I really like right now, Heart Attack Man, I heard someone call them an evil pop punk band, which I thought was hilarious. I actually like that a lot. I do, too, because there's not really anybody who sounds like that besides them. That's true. And it's it's kind of... Takes, it takes what I like about pop punk as far as like musically and you know catchy melody writing and all that, but it's like I'm so sick of just like this so earnest like lyrical sense where it's like, look, if you want to be Connor Obris and start like an emo band where you're gonna go lock yourself in your room and cry, do that because it'd be amazing. <laughs> but like if I'm listening to pop punk, it sometimes comes off very like like I'm embarrassed to listen to some of these lyrics. It's like I get that yes. they mean a lot to people, so. I don't tell people, hey, you shouldn't like that. But it's like when every band's copying that, it's like, it's just, it's, but it's every era is like that. Bands, somebody gets popular and everybody rips it off. True. So, I mean, for me, it's always going to be Blink, Newfound, that era. Yes. Um, but then those are cheesy bands. But my favorite band of all time is Blink-182. They're a terrible band. They're a great band, but they're a terrible band. Yes, both at the same time. Yeah. In lots of regards. Yeah, Absolutely. And I, I also think, too, that, like, their new record and all this kind of stuff, I, I get it, but, like, and I like it, but, like, I have a lot of respect for Tom DeLong leaving that situation now because it's just, like, that, you, you can't, lightning in a bottle can't stay. Sure. And there's a lot of bands like that, Oasis, I mean, not pop punk, but, like, Oasis and, you know, whatever. They couldn't. Sure. So that era, you know, I used to kind of be like, oh, I wish bands would sound like that. I don't really think that they should still sound like that, but it's a good era to reflect on and draw influence from. Sure. I don't know know if bands will ever sound like that again, though, because if you look at the modern landscape of it, it's always, oh, yeah, like, we love Blink, Fallout Boy, and NFG, and it's like the product of that does not, is not derivative of that at all, really. Well... I'm, like, thinking about, you know... Which is a good thing, though. Right now, band... People always draw influence from older stuff. There's going to be people who rip off whatever's popular, for sure, like, like we just talked about. But, like, look, like... The, to me, the first pop-punk band is really the Ramones. Well, yeah. People will argue with me and say that they're just a punk Well, because they're just a punk band because they were, like, the first one to do anything. But their music was so sensible and poppy and simple. They just didn't have the production or the... the I mean, there, was, there wasn't A&R for them then. Mm-mm. But, like, if you think about it, like... Not one of the biggest pop punk songs ever has to be all the small things, which I probably the biggest pop punk. And song I'm probably ever. so sick of it, but it, that's just a Ramon song that was produced by Jerry Finn, so it blew up at half sure. tempo. Al, y- you can argue that, but I mean, small things was a pretty slow song, like. Yeah, but it wouldn't have been if Jerry Finn didn't tell them to settle the fuck down. Yeah, because it could like. 
Yeah. That would have been sick. I'm thinking of those chords in the Ramones playing. I'm just like fast as fuck. Downstrokes <laughs> the whole time. I mean, Carpal tunnel and shit. I mean, there's 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 some Ramones songs that are not that fast, but true. Lots but of them. Did they do Pet Cemetery? Mm-hmm. There you go. That's a great fucking song. It's a great song. But oh, no. but you know, to me, it's like when you look at that. Newfound Glory, which we'd be remiss if we didn't say that Larry's not going to like this record that I'm going to bring up, but Newfound Glory did radio surgery and it was basically True. them trying to be two bands, Green Day and Ramones. And like, now granted those guys are older, but they're not 70s older. They weren't like teenagers in the 70s watching the Ramones play live. No. Semi, or is unrelated, but did you guys see Green Day said fuck on national television at the NHL All Star game the other day? Tight. It, it didn't get censored at all. That's sweet. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would have done that. But I mean, to me, I think like pop punk is this weird cultural thing where it, go- it goes in and out of the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Because, like, when we're old or dead or whatever, I don't know what it's going to be like, but whoever is running the fucking sound for NFL games going to commercials is around our age because they always play clips of pop punk songs. And not just old ones, they play new ones too. Oh yeah. I mean, I've heard everything from Fall Out Boy to like Plus 44 to like some of like, I think a group, somebody said Real Friends or something was on there. I think they were at one point. I, I don't really know because I'm not super familiar with their discography, but like a ba- if it wasn't them, it was one of those modern sounding pop punk bands and it's like but but you know the NFL target audience like none of them know who those bands are no but like it just shows that it kind of it coexists it's still this kind of alternate reality this this subculture counter it's not even really counterculture anymore no so it's weird for me like I, I don't know I think you know you look back like you see people wearing Descendants shirts still Mm-hmm. They have tattoos. Young people, people younger than me. Oh yeah. I mean, I love, I love Descendants, but it's weird for me when I, like, I went out to eat. Uh, I was at Tomato Bar. Tight. This girl comes up to take our orders, waitress, and you know she's probably like maybe eighteen at oldest. She looked very young. Sure. Very nice. Hi, how's it going? And I'm like, she looks at me and goes, Oh, you, I like your shirt. And I look down. I'm wearing a Descendants T-shirt. And I'm like, Thanks. I'm like, You listen to Descendants? So she's like, Oh yeah, they're one of my favorite bands. And I'm like. I wasn't, like, trying to... I wasn't judging you. Like, oh, you're too young to like that. Because I'm technically too young sure. to like that. But I was like, that's cool. And then in the background, I'm, like, hearing some 41 and, like, Blink songs coming over their radio. So whoever was working was listening to one of those stations. I'm like, oh, this is just a bunch of people who like that kind of music. And you go to a festival and... It could be Riot Fest or Warp Tour or whatever you've been to in the past. Sky, Sky Point. Sky Point, Warp Tour. And you see Descendants tattoos on people and t-shirts oh, and yeah. merch. People ripping it off for their own, like, rip. Not, like, ripping it off, like, copying it, but, like, doing rips of Milo stuff. Sure. And to me, it's funny because in their time, in their prime time, Descendants were not popular. No, they really weren't. They're hugely influential, but they were not popular. I mean, like... They didn't make any money. Even when they were doing all... I don't think it was till 96 when Everything Sucks came out that they really turned it around. And well, because like, during that, like, that was when Epitaph. Green Day and shit was huge and, like, Rancid was on TV and stuff. Well, yeah, but, like, that's when, when Brett, you know, Mr. Brett was, like, running up a taff and they knew how to market them and had money yeah. behind it. And that record sounds good. True. Like, fucking, I don't want to grow up and Milo goes to college or Amazing Records, but they sound like shit. Well, sure. And, like, to people who don't... Like, I can listen to that, but, like, to people who can't, like, they, they listen to radio production, like... They're going to hear that, but, like, oh, this was recorded in the garage, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, I think, like, if you look at 
that you know in the 90s is really when all this stuff started to get huge um Nirvana is not a pop punk band, but they're you know them knocking off fucking hair metal and then letting Green Day and then later the Offspring get huge kind of opened the door for all this. True. So, I guess my my point being it's like this this weird I, I I'm rambling about culture, but it's like it's such a weird thing because you can talk to anybody and reference some type of pop punk band and they'll know who it is. Yeah. Some like older people they'll know and they'll at least heard of Blink One Eighty Two or Green Day or mm-hmm. the Offspring or. The Ramones. I mean, my dad knows who the Ramones are. I'm sure, I'm sure your dad knows who Blake is. Well, my dad knows who Blake is because of me. But, I mean, even if that wasn't the case, I'm sure at one point in his life he would have been like, oh, yeah. I no, my dad is. my dad is so far away from current culture. Very, very removed. I don't think he's bought a new album since 1980. Tight. That's cool. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I get where you're going, but my dad's... The most recent guy. thing he'll slap is, like, Huey Lewis in the news. Oh. That's my hard, dad has my, my dad is sick as fuck. My dad has really good music taste. Um, he introduced me to Van Halen and the Kinks and all kind of cool old stuff. But like, he's not one of those. Like, you know, a lot of dads. Like, my dad's um, he's sixty one. Word. So he's not old, but he's not young. You know. You know, a lot of dads who are in their fifties or maybe sixties, they're like they listen to new Foo Fighters albums. Sure. Like, my dad, like, I put, I was listening to the first Foo Fighters album from 95, which I was, like, three in 95, and he was just like, oh, is this a band you like? Like, Dad, this isn't bad. And I'm like, Dad, like, this came out t- fucking 25 years ago. Like, <laughs> older than me. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it's like, that's, that's, but the, the thing with pop punk, going back, it's like, there's this weird cultural significance, and I think... There are bands that transcend the genre. Like, Green Day is, is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, aren't they? Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know, you go to, like, a hard rock cafe and they sell Green Day t-shirts. It's like, they... Yeah, sure. And again, they were on national television a few days ago. Like... Twice, because they fucking played at New Year's Eve on, in New York. And they played When I Come Around. Yeah. So, Green Day is weird, though, because they, they don't make pop-punk records anymore. Like, no. Blink's records are, like, pop, current pop-rock albums, but they still fit in the genre. They still have those really... Almost, they have abrasive parts on their new album, for sure. What's that one song? It's real short. Not the, the one really short song, but I'm not making any sense. Fuck me. Um, the first half's, like, this poppy, mellow... I think he's got a bunch of, like, vibey auto-tune on his voice. And then... The second half of the song is just straight, like, D-beat, fast. See, I I listen to these albums and I assess them for what they are, like how we just did, but, like, I don't think people put that much thought into it. It's just more of the overall sound. Sure. But, like, what I kind of want to talk about, not to get off, you know, this topic, but, like, pop punk is weird because it goes to these dark periods where it's not popular, and... The cultural significance of a band like Green Day remains, or even Blink-182. When I was in high school, like, pop punk was in a really fucking weird time, because when I started high school, it was that, like, all-time low was starting to get big. They weren't huge yet, but, like, that was about to hit. Mm-hmm. The Cab, The Main. Or, like, the Neon, like, yeah, DPNX shit, that was right. the least favorite fucking time of pop punk ever. Oh, okay, fair, but what I'm the, saying the is, like... The Glamour Kills era. The but what fucking... I, but, yep. Okay, okay, no, okay, <laughs> that's fair, but what I'm saying is, like, it, that was a weird time because, right, as soon as those bands got popular, it switched gears. Yeah. And so I'm coming out of... So, for me, it's, like, mid-2000s, 
Newfound Glory is still relevant, but then I'm listening to like Armor for Sleep, which is not pro- really pop punk, but like I'm getting into that kind of music, right? Sure. And then it's like All Time Low comes out and all this stuff. And there's like kids at, at my school that, you know, like I hate to like use this term, but like scene kids. You sure. know, I hung out with a group of kids, like there's a lot of um, like scene boys and girls and wore their hair like that and whatever. But like to me, I was still more into like Blink and Newfound and whatever. Sure. But it was like a dark period, and I start finding easy core bands. Yeah. And I'm doing my digging, and I'm like, okay, set your goals, four years strong, a day to remember. And this is before any of those bands had any type of right. clout. Like, Newfound Glory took them all They're on coming. one. Claws are up. Uh-oh, pop-punk police are coming to arrest me. I offended somebody. That's a fire truck. Um, <laughs> thanks, Steve. <laughs> They're coming to put out this garbage fire of a podcast. Yeah. So... It's like I'm I'm like going online and you know MySpace and and you're like finding bands and like yeah. four years strong set your goals day to remember dag your mouth I fucking love dag your mouth um and people are gonna hear this and go oh four years strong day to remember especially like, yeah, I know what they sound like but no I'm talking like they're or, like Goonies never say die and yeah. like for those who have heart or even before that because they were they had like some real poppy songs on the first on on the treason record for them. yeah but. They did. But, like, and I'm like, wow, this is cool because it has that kind of, it's heavy, but it's not metal. I'm really into it. And one band I found during that time period was the Wonder Years. Early Wonder Years is very easy core. It was so cool. It was a joke record. I didn't take the lyrics seriously. Like, we were fucking talking about the Kool-Aid guy and whatever. But, like, that record has, like, keyboard synth breakdowns. Yeah. But not, like, Attack Attack. Like, these are guys wearing jeans and, like... It was like fucking the, like early four years strong because they had a lot yeah of yeah too. exactly but it had more of like because the singer doesn't play guitar in the band mm-hmm. but they had three guitar it was it was wild it was real weird actually I think at the time they had two guitar players and a synth player and then they replaced the synth player with like a guitar player later yeah but this is before the upsides came out and I'm like man this is fucking insane and it's funny because then I get to like my senior year of high school and the upsides comes out and we're all like whoa they put out like a real record and I liked it at first I've been I've been very worn out on it and sure the well, upsides is a good record though it, it's it it's it's fine but it's just one of those things where like it's been kind of played into the ground yeah, absolutely and and whatever but it's weird because I see these fucking like it wasn't weird when Blink One Eight Two got back together it wasn't weird to see some kid who's not involved in the music scene wear a Blink shirt. Blink One Eight Two is a huge band. Yeah. When I see these fucking weird, like normie people who have never gone to a show and they're wearing Wonder Years shirts, yeah. I was very weirded out by. It. I wasn't like mad about it. I was like, oh, cool, like they're listening to bands and not fucking, you know. Because it is important to to get yeah. that. And that happened. Record. It happened with the Day to Remember. It happened with the Wonder Years. It happened with all. It happened with All Time Low first, but that was not as surprising to me. Because sure. it, you, you got to think like all time low is is very big, whereas like the Wonder Years still plays at like considerably like containable venues. Like they don't play in like fucking huge rooms. Wait, who the Wonder Years? Oh, oh yeah, true. When they They're come to town, they play House like of Blues. they play yeah. or like the Metro or whatever. Sure. All time low can play House of Blues, but it sells out in five seconds. Yeah. And like, what do they play when they come down? Like USC. 
That's where I need to remember play. I don't know. All time low doesn't really. They they play like fast and stuff. I, feel I, like. I would put a day to remember at all time low on the same level of sure. Being they've sure, they've sure. done they've done House of Blues last two times and they were both like album anniversary things. No, and that's fine. Oh, those are, that, depending so, on the album, that could have been really cool. But, but my point being, like, I'm so shocked because I see like I see like you know I'm, I I really I remember vividly like walking through a hallway and like seeing like a girl wearing a wonder your shirt and I know like in my high school it was big but it wasn't that big like if you liked a band they came to show and, and, yeah. and it wasn't like some like oh I'm a senior this is a freshman I never met them like it was some girl I knew and I was like what and I was like shocked and I'm like that's cool but it was like pop punk started to come out of this dark time where it was like a secret because people didn't wear like if you didn't like that kind of music People didn't wear set your goal shirts. If I like when I was a, a freshman in high school, like I don't, I didn't see people walking around wearing like starting line shirts and shit and like Alistair shirts. Right. Well, well here's a good thing to, to, to segue to. Warp Tour was so popular when I was in high school, but like I would see kids from my high school at Warp Tour, but they would go there to see 303. Sure. And Katy Perry played <laughs> one year, and. Like, Hey Monday is even one of those where it kind is of... Is it that bootleg Paramore? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, know. or Paramore. Shout out, shout out Cassidy Pope. Pa- Paramore was a Warped Tour band. <laughs> she, she's like a big singer now. Before so before Haley Williams was like A-list celebrity, like, they were a Warped Tour band. Yeah. Too. So, like, you look at, like... But, but I'm talking, like, three... Like, okay, like, Paramore, though, back then, like, people who were into them, it was more pop-punk people. And, like, they, they, were, they sure. were more popular than, like, underground pop-punk. But, like, they... I think that reflects on their sound, though, as far as, like, the people who are backing them. Yeah, 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 exactly. But, like, like 303, which I had a CD when it came out, it was fucking hilarious. But, like, people legitimately would go to Warped Tour thinking, I'm going to a 303 concert. Like, that's how they'd say it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'd go watch them for 25 minutes, like, super drunk in fucking 90-degree weather. But, like, <laughs> I'm sitting there, like, I'm going here to see Set Your Goals, like, and fucking, you know, Fight Fair and... I miss Fight, Fight Fair. Fight Fair, oh my god. Yeah. Fight Fair put out that one full that had like all like those California like, like 50s do vibes and shit. <laughs> but they had that EP before that. It was heavy. They had For the Win and fucking Pop Rocks and stuff. With or, there's the, a song that has this fucking mean ass breakdown in it. The pink and green artwork. Mm-hmm. No, it's like, like green, blue, pink, and black, and like, like that, 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 super that, 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 2009 Photoshop. Maybe 08. They, they were probably the best as far as like pop punk bands with. Breakdowns like transitionally. Yeah, or, or not even. I wouldn't say transitionally. Like it's like it probably shouldn't be there in the context. Absolutely of, not. Should be there. But it's awesome. <laughs> See, like, but here's here's my thing is like, I I look at that, and again, I'm not grilling people's music tastes, but like, Wonder Years kind of started this thing where it's like then Real Friends and all this stuff got popular, and I'm not saying they all sound the same, but they those. Yes, they do. Well, well, hear, hear me out though. <laughs> they they it depends on the record and all that. Sure. But but like they that's a like, Fight Fair, to, to, like, my mom, Fight Fair and fucking Real Friends probably sound the same, but to sure. me, it's, like, two different Oh, oh absolutely. My, but then again, my mom hears anybody singing pop punk, she goes, oh, is that Tom DeLonge? That's cute as hell. And I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, kinda. they're mimicking him, yes, from <laughs> yeah. his prime. Um, but, like, it's funny to me, because I'm thinking, all right, breakdowns I get, but, like, a day to remember is huge. Oh, yeah. But Fight Fair and these type of bands, they didn't really get that big. That's because Fight, Fight Fair's singer was real bad at singing. Okay, okay. But but my point is, like, kids in my high school didn't catch on to that singing. Sure. The Data Remember got popular, like, after that. Oh, like, yeah. When, when people act like they, they act like they fucking all listened to um, Homesick when it came out. When Homesick came out, Data Remember was still playing Warped Tour. 
mm-hmm. and then they started doing two nights at House of Blues, which is a big deal, but it was not like UIs. Like, people want, like, they talk about that being the best record and whatever, and that's fine, but like, they didn't all listen to it back then. It's a retrospect. True. It, it, I, I just, because I know, because I had that album, like, the day it came out, I was listening, because Downfall Song came out two months before, I think it was February of 09, and then the album came out around April. I remember this. That was my first exposure then. You put Mr. Highway on a mix for me. Yeah, well, for those who have heart, I burn cool. it to the ground. And I listened to it that day. We were talking about it on Facebook. I listened yeah. to the whole album twice. It's not good. It's good. It's not as good as Okay, but the rest. you have to understand, and this is a side thing. When I talk about albums, like if I'm talking about one band's discography and me saying I think one album is better than the other, I'm not saying that that album has better songs. Sure. I'm just saying it flows better than an album, yeah. and it, it has, like, like I'm telling you, like, Newer Day Remember albums aren't even cross-faded. They're like mixtapes. Yeah, it's like a and playlist. That's totally fine because that's how most people listen to music today. They listen to their Spotify playlist. Yeah. So it makes more sense. I just am old school and I like vinyl and I like front to back. You sure, know? I get that. And I like A-side, B-side, and that, for those who have art, fucking has the five pop punk songs, has the, tra- the slow transition, and it goes into the creepy metalcore side, and I'm in love with that. But also Stole Away fucking rips off for those who have heart musically. I just don't sing. No, 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 but musically, like yeah. the core, like that. I know. I learned. Yeah, how, that's super true. I learned how to play that album front to back. Homesick is cool. I just think that there's one song that is bad, one song that's a joke, and two songs that are well written that I don't enjoy. Uh, for those who have heart, does have one of the best opening tracks on any album. Fair, but that's that great. Two, we'll do a day to remember podcast because that that'll be its own thing. But point being, so these fucking people are like the weird normie people who like. Put mayonnaise on peanut butter and jelly. Real white. Okay, low-key, I have tried that once. Of course you have. And, Fuck you. And? Kind of about it. Okay, <laughs> okay, but what I'm saying is, like, I'm not talking about people who aren't as, like, involved in, like, music as I am, but, like, these are people who would, like, never get a tattoo in their life. Sure. And, like, that's fine. Whatever. I'm not judging. But I'm saying, like, it was just weird for me seeing, like, oh, fucking, you know, Becky... Or whoever likes, you know, the Wonder Years. I'm like, that's weird. Good for them. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? But it was just weird. It was like a weird, significant moment in my life where I was like, oh. But then it got real, like, it, it steamrolled. Because I, after I, when I was in college, like, when I, after I graduated high school, and like, the, the one band after I graduated high school that was a new pop punk band that I actually loved was uh, The Story So Far. Sure, I love The Story So Far. But every other band at that time that was new or getting big, I, like, wasn't into. Fair. It's weird. Because, like, I don't know, I don't give a shit about Transit or Man Overboard. Or... Transit was okay, but I just didn't like it that much. Like, I, I, I've seen, I mean, Skypoint, I know the dude passed away recently from Transit. Oh, shit, yeah, no bad, But, but um, Transit, they weren't a bad band, I just, it, it was very boring to me. I, I like uh, Listen and Forgive. That record's cool. Sleep sure. at the Wheel, shout out. Um, I went to a tour one time, so... The Wonder Years did a, I think it was Glamour Kills tour, but it was like after the Glamour Kills era was like done, but then they're still sponsoring the tour. Sure. I think it was Glamour Kills. I could be wrong. It was on St. Patrick's Day 2011 in Chicago, and it was The Wonder Years, Story So Far, uh, I think Into It Over It Open, Transit, somebody else was on it, but then A Lost For Words was on it, but they didn't play Chicago, and I was super bummed about that because I actually do really like A Lost For Words. I would say, that's a band I, I want to talk about. And, sure. um... Yeah, they kind of were the transition from the easy core into the, like, pop, poppier stuff, but and that wasn't seen. And everything that they did, because they just went from, you can finish what you're saying, they went from, like, that, you know, Boston hardcore scene where it's just, like, singing and super, but super aggressive, and then they put out 
a fantastic pop rock record. And then that one, though, their last, I didn't listen to the like, very last one, but the one that came out in 13 was very good, too. Yeah, well, the thing for me is going to that tour, that was the main point where I realized my whole life I was, like, a pop punk guy. Sure. I was, you know, Mill 182 on everything. I played in pop punk bands. That was my wardrobe. That was, like, everything. But to me, I realized I wasn't old. I was 19. I think it was 2012. It was, like, uh, March 17, 2012? Yeah, I think so. And so I was, like, 19, and I'm, like... I, not, I do not fit in with these people because I went, loved the story so far. That was the second or third time I saw him, and their album was still there. I mean, I, I hung out with Parker at that. Um, he's very nice. People say he's a jerk, but he's very, very nice. And um, it was funny because the Wonder Years played that album that they have, Suburbia. I can't remember the full the name of it. Suburbia, You've Gotten the Best of Me or some shit. That album was their recent album. I think they just refer to it as Suburbia. They played it front to back because I went to a, a second added day show. So I don't think they did it at the night show, but the day show they played it front to back and then they played like three upside songs of their encore. Sure. And I remember one of my friends at the time who I was, I wasn't there with, but who was also there, I said, I'm going to go stand in the back and I'm going to watch them play a couple of these songs I'm going to leave. And she's like, really? And I go, yeah, I'm just... I said, I didn't really enjoy this album. I thought that there was like 50% pretty good, well-written songs. Then the other half I just didn't enjoy, personally. Sure. I, wasn't, I didn't say it was bad. I just was like, it's not for me. And then I said something. I'm like, you know, these people were so abrasive and over the top of this show. I'm like, I'm just kind of tired of this. And she's like, how could you be tired of the Wonder Years? This is like the greatest band ever. And I'm like, it wasn't really that I was tired of them, but that scene was coming. I'm like, that was the moment I realized I'm like, I'm not a pop punk person anymore because pop punk has changed. True. It was weird, you know? I don't know if you guys ever had that with the time. Well, I I told you plenty of times. I had my own moment with the Wonder Years, and it wasn't because I stopped liking them. I just I, I listened to the Upside so much. Because when, when you showed me it, I was like a freshman in high school. Okay. Um, I listened to it so, so much. By the time Second Records, I'm like, all right, this is cool, but I'm going to go listen to the Upsides. You know what I mean? And um, by the time the third record in that trilogy came out, uh, it caught on with, like, not, like, a whole big thing in the whole school but like my circle of friends and like related circles like that was like all everyone was talking about and um it's when passing through a screen door i think is what it's called right yeah came out and i was just kind of like it sounds like a b-side off the last record which now is, i feel stupid saying that because that's like my favorite record like if i'm gonna listen to that band i go and listen to the greatest generation um but it was that thing where it's like I burned myself out on it, and it's weird when it's like it's really catching on with everyone else. But I got nothing against that record. I, like I said, I'll go if I want to revisit that band and that time. That's the record I go to. You guys want to know something funny? Not just to add to what you said, mm-hmm. as far as the upsides goes. Mm-hmm. When the upsides came out, I bought it on vinyl. Sure. And it wasn't like I'm not one of those people who buys vinyl of albums I love. I buy all kinds. I, I mean, between Steve and I, like we own hundreds of records. There's records I really love. I probably have seven copies of. You know what I mean? Like sure. I, I have. I think I think I have eight copies of Jar by Super Heaven. Mm-hmm. Different different variants. Sure. I'm a variant collector for for counterparts. But I, but I listen to vinyl, right? Right. Because I love the album. So I picked up um, the upsides. It wasn't hard to get. It was like I don't know, twelve bucks. Original artwork with the, it was the, the yeah, it's original artwork with like the, the guy blue and orange flannel on the sign. Yeah, it's yeah. on the sign, and it was like a blue vinyl out of like two hundred copies. Cool, that's cool as hell. But like, I was like, oh, whatever. I never listened to it after I kind of got burned out on them. So I had to put it. I sold a bunch of records I wasn't listening to, buy the ones I wanted, 
And I can't remember what it was, but at the time I was selling on eBay and the bid was like, I just started at like 99 cents and I'm like, ah, oh, if I get 25 bucks for this plus shipping, that's sweet. It like went fucking, I don't remember how much I sold it for. It was a ton of money. And I was like, what? And I was like, I probably could get more for it at a different point in time. But I was just like, fuck it, cool. I didn't realize the popularity of the band and there's a significance to them. And like, his thing is like, this is a band I don't really listen to, but we're spending a lot of time talking about them. So they're clearly significant in the scene. Oh, sure. I was going to cap it off by saying, you know, it's like, regardless of your opinion of them, because it's just like, like I said, I still like those songs. I revisit them every now and again, but it's not something that's in my like daily rotation. Um, it's, it's kind of a big deal when the people around you who you like are kind of like not unsuspecting but it's just like they're not very involved in in that world of they're just like yo this is like a huge like a huge deal when like a band's putting on a record so I'm like hey like that's something that you know you, it's easy to get jaded yeah um, well, and I would just say you kind of need to have the perspective of just like hey people are going to shows people are buying records it's, it's insane when they're buying records you true, know true. if I learned anything from that and a few other bands from that scene there's one big thing I learned it's I understand why I, that's not my favorite type of music in, in within pop punk but I know why people like them so for me while I think lyrics are very important I think that a lot of one year songs I listen to and the lyrics stand out a lot but like they uh, some of the vocal melodies suffer from trying to fit too much it's very wordy and then I don't, it's not, like, as catchy to me. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I'm like, ah, they could, and I diagnose it like a musician. Not that I know everything or I'm perfect at writing music. I'm just kind of like, ah, whatever. But I realized a lot of people don't care about the music part of it, as long as it sounds poppy. They care about the lyrics. It's, like, 99% over everything. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, that makes me want to focus on, on caring about lyrics that much more while still writing catchy music. Sure. So... I guess it's something you can learn from any band that's... It's a it's an accessibility thing as far as, like, relating to the delivery. Because, you know, it's like, for what they're dealing with, it's like, if I'm miserable, I'm going to put on counterparts. Or we're going to listen to Connor Oberst yeah. locked in, you know, in his house or whatever. But it's just like, it's hard to just be like, hey, here's Of Malice and the Magnum Heart. And then it's just like, here's... Uh, like a pop punk record. Well, I would, I would also argue that like that's why they are like at that pop punk level because huge pop artists. I think I read somewhere um, all the top ten hits are like fourth grade reading level or less, which the one years is way above that clearly. Sure. And also so, like those knuckle puck songs, he's got the he bust out the the saurus. Yeah, probably. Those times in knuckle puck songs when he uses a word, I'm like. Mm. But but Can also you know that far with that like this is over the top. I'm very guilty of doing that myself. So. It's, <laughs> But, but also, yeah, but your shit is way smarter than their shit. Oh, thanks. I, I think um, I think the thing too is like melody writing is like okay, Blink One Eighty Two is from an era where they could get big, but they're very, very strong melody writers. So like if you listen to fucking okay, like all the small things and I miss you are huge songs, whatever. But like even listen to like a song like The Rock Show, like yeah, it's a cheesy song, but like if you just don't think about the lyrics and you look at the song itself and the melody, it's like that's a really well written song. Yeah. Absolutely. And the fact that Mark Hoppus wrote that, like, probably, you know... Part of the song, 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, one night. So it's like, or, you know, any other, you can give plenty of examples from that era. They had a sense for melody, and I think that, like, for me, I'm more the person who relates to that. And then the, the, the lyrics matter, but, like, I can enjoy a band where I like their music and the lyrics I don't take seriously. But if the lyrics are good but the music sucks, I can't enjoy it. I think I think music and melody has to come first. Oh, sure. But, like... Again, that's just me. There, but, like, you know, we can kind of move. This is going to be a long podcast, I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> that's all right. But 
you know, if you look at like that, I wanted to talk about that era because I feel like that kind of 2011 to 20 like 14 era of pop punk. It kind of persisted after that, but it started. Be, there started becoming new pop punk bands and whatever. Yeah. And bands, bands from that era started changing. Like the Wonder Years to me now sounds kind of like they're trying to sound like Balance and Composure. Yeah, they're more. They, they experiment. They it's a little darker like and Vox amps and shit yeah, now. And yeah. Like they're bigger. Like, not bigger. But they sound like yeah, more. Yeah. Uh, there's like a wider scape of. Never, yeah. never put it together, but both uh, Eastern PA bands. Yeah, of course. No. But like similar. Scene. But to me, it's like True. when that True. when pop punk started, like in 2011, 12, 13, 14, when that started becoming like real big, and I really didn't like a lot of those bands, save for Story So Far and a couple others. I started getting into like Super Heaven, sure, and uh, Counterparts. Obviously, is one of my favorite bands. Steve's favorite band, but like that's when I really like you know. It's like when Hell at Home came out, and yeah, then they started making every record is like really good because. They're just an incredible band, but then like I, because like my relationship with melodic hardcore and metalcore and all that is is a different podcast. But there was a weird time for me there too. That podcast is gonna be like ten hours long, between three hours. Um, I'm just gonna talk about Killswitch Engage all the time. Fuck yes. <laughs> so go. I wanna. And then, but if Killswitch Engage songs were in a major key and they had clean singing all the time, they'd be a pop punk band. I wanna think. Uh, about a couple of things here with, with you guys do a group think and we can maybe come up to a conclusion together or we can give individual opinions but, sure, but, sure. but I think what constitutes as pop punk because to me it's like there are bands that people say are a rock band or and one thing that drives me crazy is like when people say this is an emo band and they're not sure it's like is My Chemical Romance a pop punk band or do they have pop punk songs some I mean Yes and no, because like the chorus to or the verses to Helena are this that strikes like and that's like pop punk as fuck, right? And just like these big dirty driving chordy guitars. So, so I mean maybe, but all right. Panic at the Disco, same thing, right? Panic at the Disco is not a pop punk band, but they have pop punk influence. They started sure. they started as a Blink One Eighty Two cover band. Sure. Okay. So my point being. And there's other bands we could talk about, but the influence of pop punk on bands is a lot bigger than I think people realize. Oh, it's huge. <coughs> um, the the Chainsmokers say that Blink is an influence of theirs. I mean, Halsey says that. Exactly. And, like, those are fucking artists that you couldn't pay me to listen to. Sorry. Same. I don't give a fuck about Halsey. No. I tried, too. I tried so many um, times. And, again, this and is... I wanted a, to I'm like not, it. And I'm not trying to bash uh, what people like. I, see, people get really sensitive... Um, when somebody comes up to me and they know like I love Blink or Newfound and they say like oh I'm sorry but I just can't stand that band or they suck I'm just you like you don't have to apologize I don't give a fuck if you like it or not I don't care like, what you want. if you're my friend and you tell me that you don't like my band I don't care I just don't care if you criticize factual things like my work ethic or you know my approach that's one thing but yeah. like you say I don't it's like you don't not everyone's gonna enjoy the same shit mm-hmm. but I fight the good fight and I think that uh, a lot of times I think that there's due diligence when you say, hey, like, my come my to me, Steve Steve put it best when he, I think maybe you both, you both have told me this individually, that, that uh, Black Parade's a rock opera. Absolutely. I, I only said that because uh, I didn't know about the band, and uh, Anthony Fantano did, like, a retrospect review. Okay. Because with all this, like, the, the two, like, the World War Three right now is about MCR getting back together with everyone uh, being excited about it, and then people being 
less excited about it who are just like mad online and stuff. And I'll be honest, I don't, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't know what they sound like. Like, I, I have not taken enough Steve, time. Steve, we saw them play an hour and a half set live. I, I just don't, like, I, I don't remember their set or, uh, who's the other band that was there? Manchester Orchestra. And I like Manchester Orchestra now. I was just, I was just like a stupid. 15 year old that didn't know shit but all I'm saying is like I just I don't have an opinion on them so I like watched his review of it and he said it was a rock opera and I'm like respect but I'm like I'm totally like not trying to do the walk on eggshells thing about saying if a band's emo or not or whatever but I think segueing whatever you were trying to finish but segueing back and we're saying about Constitutes as a pop punk band I would say it's rooted in punk rock uh, it's probably loud maybe fast and but most importantly it has Punk rock roots with pop sensibility. It's kind of in the name. See, the thing that's interesting to me about My Chemical Perfect. Romance is, and that, that's a really good assessment, but something I want to just add to that is mm-hmm. a lot of their music is rooted in blues rock, guitar-wise. You, yeah, you've talked about that and, before. And that's different because most pop-punk bands or, you know, even, like, emo bands, emo, emos, I'm not going to get into guitar because that's a whole fucking, there's a lot of different stuff there, but... It's power chords, yeah. it's, you know, one, four, five, it's the same chord progressions, and you could take great songs from Blink, Newfound, Fall Out Boy, from whatever, and they're going to fit into the same progressions. The thing, the thing about my chem, though, is I, I a lot of times have this argument with myself, it's like, I think emo is a whole bigger thing than people realize, and a lot of bands don't get their due diligence, but I think it's weird that I never hear people call my chem a pop punk band, because... At the time that they existed, originally, that's who they were playing shows with. That's who they fit in with. Yeah. Um, it's not, you know, about how you look. It's about how you sound. And, like, while I agree with you guys about the rock opera thing and all the things that Steve said and you said about the, the genre, I just bring them up because I think it's weird that everybody who loves them that I know, it's like them and then a bunch of pop punk fans. Sure. So I'm like, they kind of... Same with Pan- Panic at the Disco's first album I talk about primarily. After that, they changed a lot. The first Drastically. Album, their first album's fucking incredible. I love it. I love the first two. There's even some good ones in the third one, even though it's more of like a... But I, I think in, in 2005-ish, lines started to get blurred when, when pop punk became darker and had more influence, um, and that not everybody was trying to be Blink. So, like, Armor for Sleep is an emo band, but there's a lot of um, pop punk influence. In sure. Um, My Chemical Romance, Panic at the Disco, Fall Out Boy, those bands started to break the genre a little bit, and I think that's why bands like Phoenix TX and Alistair kind of didn't survive that. Right, because they didn't do the... They didn't change. Darker and get... Well, Alistair got a little bit darker later on, but that's but, neither here nor there. But Blink was so um, ahead of their time. Like, look at the self-titles in 03. And, and this self-titled Blink album, I think, is what did all of that. Because Blink wrote all these, like, poppy, fun, dick joke records. And they're like, oh, shit, we're old. Let's write a yeah, well, really mature experience. Car Racer True. God damn it, that's such a good record. It's like a post-hardcore record. It sounds like Fugazi at parts. Yeah. But, well, Tom loves Fugazi. It doesn't surprise me. But the thing about um, that Blink record is in that, that era, when they were touring self-titled, they brought Fall Out Boy on tour when they were doing Take It To Your Grave. They brought Taking Back Sunday on tour. They brought, you know... They the used. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was like, that kind of broke... I, I, I think Blink-182 is kind of like the Michael Jordan 
where it's like Michael Jordan broke out the long shorts. Everybody in the NBA started wearing long shorts. <laughs> big shorts. The, yeah, big shorts. The signature shoes, shaving your head. Like, they are the trendsetter. And yeah, they, of course. And nowadays it's become this thing where they're either a huge joke to people or they're a huge legacy act. Mm-hmm. Nobody, everyone knows they're not in a Mother State era blink, but they're held in such high regard. And I think, like, the only other bands that, like, because, like, there's bands that, like, the best pop punk band to me of all time is Newfound Glory. Yes, they are. Because Blink didn't really stay a pop punk band, really, completely, and also, too, like, Blink, I, they're my favorite band, but that, they, they have problems. But, like, <laughs> fucking Newfound Glory is good live every time. Yes. They're setless, you know, I could talk about that forever. But it's, like, fucking, they don't have that kind of dominance. They don't have Blink dominance, but other than Blink dominance, like that being to the side, NFG has all of the pop punk dominance in the world. But but it's like they never broke the pop punk world, is what I'm saying. They didn't have like, to. Well, but like look at bands who before they got shitty, like Fall Out Boy. True. Before Fall Out Boy got like broke up, even like second or third album in, where they still had a little bit of pop punk flavor to them, they were huge. Oh sure. Pete Wentz was like on top of fucking like Rolling Stone and shit. Yeah. Pete Wentz dick pics, remember that? I remember, that was a oh fucking, my god, I remember that. It was a big deal. He had his clandestine <laughs> tattoo, like, on... On his hips and shit. Yeah. Um, god, Pete Wentz is such a douche. <laughs> nobody nobody knows really anybody from Newfound Glory. The only reason people know Chad is because he was married to Haley Williams. Yep. And I can't... I, I like, get mad about that, because anytime I try to look up information about Newfound, like... Hey, parking for Newfound Glory show tonight at a venue I've never been to. And it's like, did you mean Chad and Haley holding hands? And I'm like, no. No, goddammit. <laughs> um, and then, like, uh, huge, like, Haley Williams is, like, A-list celebrity. So, like, she has huge fans who care a lot about her personal life. So, like, I go on Twitter and it's just like, Haley Williams' new song, fuck Chad Gilbert. And I'm like, do you guys still care about this? Like, like didn't they get divorced, like, a while ago? Well, they cheated. I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't get involved in people's personal lives. Sure. I'm not like if somebody. Yeah, go ahead. If somebody, um, if somebody fucking does something really bad, like obviously you can't defend people who are guilty of really heinous shit. Um, like people abusers and stuff need to be outed. Um, if somebody cheats on somebody and it's confirmed that you can say that they're a piece of shit, but if it's not confirmed, it's kind of like, I'm not going to defend... I didn't see gonna, a, a video of Chad Gilbert fucking somebody that wasn't Haley Williams. Well, I mean, like, I'm not going to fucking, like, defend any of that shit, but I'm just saying, like, I don't need that when I'm trying to find out about where I'm going to fucking, like, park for a show. <laughs> and, like, you know what I mean? It's just, like, that's the kind of... That's the crazy power. It's, like, she's a fucking, like, real celebrity. Sure. And And... It's like the, where it's like the world of like there's like the fucking 1975 and like she's probably the most famous. So anyways, something tied to do. But my thing is like, I look at these bands that are derivative from that scene, and then like people who get famous, and it's like pop punk, like it launches people's careers for sure. It does. Like Brendan Urie is a celebrity. He's a full ass real celebrity. And right, he's a celebrity. Like not just trying to panic into this. Go. Like, no. Brendan Urie is a celebrity. And he started, when they started Panic! at the Disco, it was a Blake cover band, mm-hmm. and his favorite band is, like, Every Time I Die. And Every Time I Die is, like, the fucking most hardcore band ever. DIY, doesn't give a fuck. They they care about doing a good job and their songs and their fans, but they're no bullshit. Actually, yesterday, I sent Vito a text about Every Time I Die saying, what did they say word for word? 
Bum, 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 bum. Where is Vito? Did you turn the air on or something? It got colder. No, I just turned the heat down. No, turn it back no, on. No, no, no. You're good. I like. I said I can finally admit that I like every time I die. For the first time yesterday, I said that because I for my whole life I'm like I don't like every time I die. I don't like so, every time I die. And I'd always hear them like around in places, and I'm like, fuck, this is sick. What is it? Like, what's every time I die? I'm like, oh shit. Every time I, I I'm gonna say this because I don't want to get on to every time. Every time I die is gonna be a good segue for my next thing that I'm gonna need Steve to talk about too. But every time I die is a band where they don't just have a catchy song and you're like, oh, I like this band now. But when you get sure. into them, you're like, oh, Low Teens is a fucking incredible album. Me and Ashley talked about that at like 2.30 in the morning last night on Facebook. <laughs> Shout out to Ashley. She'll probably come home while we're doing this because it's going to go. No, she won't be home for probably like three hours. Yeah, well, that's about time we'll wrap it up. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but the thing I want to kind of segue, because we were talking about Warp Tour. Pop punk has a weird relationship with like metalcore and hardcore, but there is a really, I think emo, kind of start started like a lot of people getting into either pop punk or hardcore, and we talk a lot about like I'm wearing a saves the day through being cool shirt right now, that and Newfound Glory's uh, uh, Nothing Gold Can Stay, those are two albums that I think are the only two albums that are a part of a genre where it's like hardcore emo. For that time, absolutely true. Yeah. And people think that they're like pop punk, mm-hmm. but they're really blending emo, like '90s and '80s emo and like hardcore. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that hardcore and metalcore have a really unique relationship with pop punk because they're kind of two different worlds. But nowadays, you usually like both. Mm-hmm. There are people who only like heavy stuff and people who only like pop punk. There's a lot of people in the middle. Yeah. And the other thing that's fucking interesting about it is Warped Tour kind of had a lot to do with setting that up. True. And there was, I don't remember tours and festivals until, like, the time where Warped Tour stopped being a skate punk festival. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, do you have anything to say about that? About what? Pop punks. Sorry, Steve's back in the bathroom. How was it? Was it tight? No, it was tight. Pop punks uh, relationship <laughs> with, like, metalcore and hardcore. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely more intertwined, especially because of something like Warped Tour that kind of promotes it all. And, uh... In the last five years or so, we were getting more, like, mixed-build tours and stuff. For sure. Like, Turnstile going on tour with, like, Turnover and Story So Far and shit. Yeah, or even, like, um, there was a tour that was, like, Senses Fail and Movements with Counterparts and, like, Pacific. So it's, like, that's all. That's a sick show. I would love to go to that. Yeah, I think great. I think the, what's, what's really interesting to me, though, is I heard somebody say something once, and I really wish I could remember who this quote's from because I can't remember who said it. But it's absolutely true. It's... All the best pop punk bands are started by hardcore kids. That's true. That's true. Like, the story so far, like, Parker Cannon, like, just loves, like, Trapped Under Ice. Yep. And now he's in, like... Like, to me, the story so far is one of the best bands of recent times. I know some people will argue with me on that, but... No, they are. For sure. But, like, because they're so multifaceted as far as their interests and how they can, like, write music, they kind of stay in their lane, but they draw really good influences and have four albums that are good that sound different. Yeah. Their first album, very pop punk, and then you fast forward to Proper Dose, which is an incredible fucking record. It's just a straight rock record. They basically, like, like, for me, I'm not really into, like, New Turnover and all these bands that are, like, there are bands that, like, Citizen's cool. Citizen was cool. But, but like I still love them Okay but I'm not Where? trying to get off But that like kind of for, for lack of a better term That soft grunge scene Yeah And story so far goes Hey watch this And they just Fucking nailed it Yeah they did And to me it's like That's 
kind of like shows pop punk was kind of the doorway for them and now but I like I'm cool with like I don't need another other soil and dirt I have the first one right and I think that ruins a lot of bands is like they, they keep doing what works it's like other soil and dirt got them popular like they got bigger with each album but like it wasn't like they made a second record and go oh we're, we're we have to do this now like they could have kept doing the same thing to try to get bigger from that one sound and a lot of bands do that yeah. or they find the one sound and they stay with and like it. the second record like where they like really really blew up yeah but sound wasn't too far off no other soil and dirt and the what's what the second record see. called what you don't see they're not Terribly different. They're, they're smooth, not it's terrib- like a smoother. It's a smooth transition, style. though. It's a smarter, more mature record. The, the but way, it's still a story so far, like kind of sort of heavy pop punk record. Not sound wise, but you know what four album stretch reminds me of? What their four album stretch Brand is? is? N- no, but I don't want to get canceled, so we got to look up the rules I'm talking about them. I'm just kidding. I can't uh, listen to Brand New, but they're a good band. Okay, fair. But no, but Newfound Glory, Self-Titled Sticks and Stones, Catalyst, Coming, uh, home. coming home. Yeah, fuck, okay. That's, a, actually, pop, that's pop actually punk, very good. That's more tuned in. Pop punk, five. better pop punk. Darker. Um, darker, more yeah. experimental a little bit, and then off to ass rock record. Mm-hmm. Yep, bam, and nailed it, it. And it's funny because they're named after a Newfound Glory song. True. Which I just thought about. But... To me, it's like that. Those are the bands that I really appreciate because they don't have to remain a pop punk band, but they they, they make a great pop punk record and get in the door, and then they get better. True. I mean, I, I just don't know what's what's better than that. I mean, that for me, that era from 2011 onward, that's the best band. God, that NFG record progression is dead on. That's cool. Newfound Glory. I mean, I spend a lot of time thinking about this kind of stuff because I've listened to those records. I think about. Conceptual things about Newfound Glory every day, all day long, because I'm a monster. I want New- Newfound Glory is a victim of the um, music industry's model crashing, because when Coming Home came out, it did well in relativity to other albums, but that's when people stopped buying CDs, like in 06. Yeah. Like really harshly stopped buying them. Yeah. And um, the label like didn't think it did good and dropped them, and all this shit happened. And I want them to get the rights to all those old albums because I want Catalyst and Coming Home on vinyl so bad. They're not released yet. And it's like the only ones that are. And I'd like self titled to get like a non picture disc because picture discs sound terrible. The only self titled I have is a picture disc. That's with, like, the only the one they, stick on it. That's the only one they made. And I want a, a real one. And they did like the ten year thing. And I thought they would have did it then, but I don't think they can. Can't get the rights to them. Well, no, I think when that came out, so that was twenty ten. Mm-hmm. And I have uh, oh god that fucking record's so good. Did you go to the the self titled ten year tour? No, because we were supposed to, but uh, my great aunt had, it was her funeral. Oh bummer. Yeah, it was like them and like same day, day fireworks and hello goodbye. Yeah, oh, that was ten years ago. <laughs> I know twenty years. Ago. Jesus fucking hell. Well, fuck sticks and stones. I went to that one. Yeah, it was like the story so far and uh, Sea Haven. Sea Haven, dude. Holy was, shit! Uh, I just farted on podcast. Respect. Fitting. So, yeah. Here's the thing, though. Newfound Glory is the one band that I can think of that is primarily stayed a pop punk band. The only time they really ever dabbled away from it was Coming Home, and Coming Home still has and it's a pop punk part. But that's like, it's okay though because it's so good. It's a great record. But here's the thing with the Newfound Glory, and I, I know how you feel about um, radio surgery, and that's fine. But all things considered, they continuously put out quality pop punk mm-hmm. that is 
somewhat different every album. A little bit. All their albums are pretty different. They have like a different flavor to them. For yeah, me. for but, sure. But like that's the, like I can't think of. There are plenty of bands who only put out pop punk, and they either all sound the same or they just don't do it. Or there's bands that have to change. Right. And, like, they don't. Have, they can always be pop punk, and they've never released the same record twice. Yeah, I mean, like you can even argue that like the differences between. Some of them are subtle, but like when you really break it down, it's like like sticks and stones versus self titled. While really a lot different. they are really different, not just I mean production wise, they're very different. But like mm-hmm. especially with having that MCA budget on sticks and stones, but the the songs themselves are so different, right? And and to me, I think that like that kind of gives them that like they're they're gonna have this legendary status. Oh I, yeah, I think the thing with Newfound Glory that. I don't want to happen, but because it hasn't happened, they haven't been highly regarded as they've never, like, broken up or taken a break. They've never taken a break. So, Not once. So, like, even if they say, we're going to take a break, they go out, yeah, they take a break for three months to go do an album and play shows in between. Like, yeah, they take a break from touring to do one-offs and to make a record, and that's it. Or go on and play when they played those cruises. and When they played one of those cruises, those Paramore cruises, they did that vacation, they, like, they toured Florida just to do it, and they, like, played 27 song set lists with stuff from every album. That's so sick. Newfound Glory is, like, I don't know, it, it's weird. Like, I can, I rant about that, and I know, like, people don't love them the way I do, but I've introduced some people... I know. I know you do, but I've introduced some people to them more in depth with like more than my friends over you, and I've never had somebody tell me like, "Oh, yeah, this sucks." They're usually like, even if they don't love it as much as I do, people are usually like, "Oh, I I get this now." Yep. And to me, it's just like I can diagnose their songwriting and all that stuff, but to me, that's the number one like the best continuous pop punk band. Absolutely. Because I mean, it's like I mentioned at the beginning, it's. Not that bands hit a wall, but it just gets to a certain point where you have to, where their their sound changes. Like every, like think of all like the at least active pop punk bands in the last five years. Like they're all completely different now than when they started. Before we started recording, Larry and I were talking about the Trash Boat song they put out a while ago, and they were like a like a damn near melodic hardcore band, mm-hmm. but now that's no, like this dancey pop with guitars in it. Boston Manor started to sound like the Killers, which. I'm I'm cool with their new sound. I know some people aren't. True. I, no, I like the most recent Boston Manor quite a bit. Yeah, like and then uh, you know everyone either goes. You even look at the last ten years. Turnover does a pop punk EP, and now they're a, a dance pop band essentially. You know, it's, yeah. the Turnover EP is really good. Um, you know what's funny? Trash Boat. My mine and Steve's introduction to them was we saw them open three nights in a row for New Yep. Tour, and they were awesome. That record, that old old Trash was so good. The, um, I remember. That was the first time I'd seen them. It's the first time I've ever been to America. And I got into that first, no, I don't know if it's their first full length, but like their full length that got them kind of big. The white one with, with like the, the, the fingers suit, and the shit one on that Soupy's on. For the one he yeah. Used. yeah, he like produced it. Like Andrew found it on YouTube. So I was like, yo, check this out. I was like, oh my god. This yeah, because well, it sounds like a buy. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, but I'm like, yo, dude, like, this is incredible. Like, oh my god, I can't believe this. And, like, they're, and if he's like, oh, we're bringing this band. I'm like, oh shit, Trashville's gonna be at that show. And I'm, like, right up front during the set, I'm like, y'all gotta be so much bigger. Like, oh, no one's ever said that to us in America, thanks. Yeah, they're, they're really, that might have been, like, their only, I think, maybe their second time here. That was their first time ever not being in another country. I think, oh, wow. That's fu- like, so yeah, you saw their first time yeah. in Chicago or in America. I think there's something that's fucking sick. There's something to be said for bands like, you know, who 
change drastically. Like there is a little bit of a um, uh, like a little bit of a confidence that has to happen there because it if you're doing even okay like playing being in a band's hard and if you have some kind of success and then you make a big leap in your sound change even if it's like you're confident in it there has to be a little bit of like ballsiness to that but i think it's kind of disappointing how many bands go from like these really energetic powerful bands to like these soft dance bands. I don't care if bands aren't heavy, but I feel like when they lose their element of power, it's really, um, it, it, it's kind of depressing. Honestly, that's, but that's why, like, when a band nails it, though, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Like, like what, I'm saying, when Boston, what Boston Manor did, they got arguably a little bit more, like, they have these very dark, heavy parts now mm-hmm. with the more kind of, like, alt-rock singing to it, and I think that's, like, they did it in a way that I uh, resonate with very well. Like, I, the reason I use the word power because of what you just said, mm-hmm. you can transition mm-hmm. and it can still resonate with you, and you can get like less, like less. You know, it doesn't have to have all the distortion and the low end. D beats and all that. But the, but power, like bands that have soft songs, like Smashing Pumpkins and Third Eye Blind, those those are some of my favorite bands, and they don't always play heavy songs. But I feel like like a band like Turnover had a really cool pop punk EP. It's not it's not amazing. It's really cool. Sure. Their first board, the first first full length is fantastic. It's a lot softer, but still sure. powerful. I ride for that album. They're I think powerful, it's the best one. They're powerful, well written, big melodies and the hooks, good transitions, good fun riffs. And then they put out the third one that or that second full length that everybody loves, Peripheral Vision. Mm-hmm. That, I love that album too. See that album bores the living hell out of me. And I respect that people like I it. I get that. I, I respect that people like it. But there are people in me that I meet that don't listen to pop punk or or that really this is the greatest album, one of the greatest albums of the decade. And I'm just like, I can't be bothered. I tried, I tried. It wasn't like I'm not one of those people where I say I don't like something. It's not like I hear it for like 30 seconds and I throw it away. I, I go back to stuff and try again. And sometimes there have been bands where I've gotten into them over time. Sure. But like I just I, I, I listen to I give everything a chance I listened to Turnover's new album this that came out in 2019 front, like to, front to back and it was the same it's becoming just monotonous I saw them for a little bit last year and it was just like in between songs they were tuning not talking to the crowd had no sound playing and there's like fucking 4,500 people standing in a field just watching them tune I, uh, you gotta do something during that. I mean, just you have a fucking synth in front of you. Just, just freeze a note. I'm in the uh, right. kind of in, in both camps where I'm like, because uh, well, I'm glad that, I've, that I know of at least two humans in the world who love Magnolia as much as I do. I think that record's fantastic. But uh, I like Peripheral Vision when it came out. But again, like like I talked about before with some albums, I just listened to it too much. Sure. Like, I listened to that thing in the ground. I saw them right after it came out. Like, I was on that hype train myself, so, like, I can't, uh, I can't, I'm not just going to bash on it. I just, I got to a point with it to where, like, I burned myself out on it. I didn't like the other two after it, so I'm like, okay. I think that's, like, a, a fair thing, but that's kind of a specific thing that... When you burn something out, it just ha- it's like it's on. It's, I don't say it's on you, but like it can be anything. How, sure. No matter how good or bad it is, and like you just talked about, Steve, it's like it's just your experience. Like I've gotten burned out on stuff. Oh, I, for sure. I don't think that a lot of stuff that I dislike though is because I've listened to it too much. A lot of stuff that I dislike, like there is that little instance of like this song comes on all the time and I'm sick of it. Like 
I've like the reason I don't think all the small things actually sucks. It's cheesy. no, but I'm just I'm really burnt out on them. It's a great song, but it's a, a huge but song it's because it's a great song. Sh- it's my favorite band's biggest hit, and it's been shoved down my throat for the last 21 years. Exactly. Okay. Like I I just it's whatever. But like when you get burned out on something because you listen to it too much, it's kind of a bummer. Oh, for sure. But like pop punk, I feel like. I don't know, like, you know, this this podcast is kind of all over the place with pop punk, but, like, I feel like that doesn't happen to me too much in that realm because I usually, like, I can listen to something for a while and then I move on, and I like other genres, too, so it's like... Say I might have failed at mediating, but uh, I think we had some good conversation regardless. Well, I mean, there's oh, still, sure. still yeah. a couple of things we can talk about. Yeah, of course. Um, I think... Just talking about genres, I think pop punk really is kind of this epicenter between hardcore, emo, punk rock, um, and and even pop music. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, there's a pop sensibility to it. I mean, it's the main element. Um, but I really want to know where it's going because I think that the bands that people regard from the scene, they're not like gonna die out, but they're not pop punk anymore. Like the Wonder Years is really kind of their own thing. Mm-hmm. Real Friends, well, we don't. I, I don't like MIA. Right yeah, now. who gives a fuck? And like tons of people. <laughs> they're huge. They're huge. <laughs> Dude, I was at Real Friends like second show ever. That's tight. Actually, that might be. I here, here's a good thing to talk about with the, especially with pop punk. You know, who have you? What was your? I saw them before they were huge. Oh, fucking so many bands. Huh? Fuck. But like, think, okay, but think about it. Not like on like like I saw real friends play local shows. Yeah, I did remember. Yeah, I saw stories so far when they're really small. Yeah, that was kind of. I would say that's my claim. We saw them. Uh, at least you saw them like. I saw them with thirty people. Yeah, you saw them. I saw Eminem at Warped Tour. That's, that's so insane! Cool. <laughs> Holy shit! That's so tight. Um, I, oh, I was like twelve. <laughs> I saw real friends uh, play. At um, at what's that place in the? It's not open anymore, but in Lowell, that DCs. Yeah, I saw them play at DCs. With Athel and shit. Athel, Asteria. Then I saw them play with Asteria when they did their like five year of the five year at uh at the RDS gym. Yep. And I was like, I was about RDS gym. Yeah, it was cool. They played Cedar Lake, I think, before they did their first. At like the rec center or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that too. I didn't go to that. I've never. I have seen them again. I, my brain's dead. See, but. people, people who are big real friends fans, and we live in that area they're from, so like somewhat. So like, there probably are a lot of them. But like people who don't like know them from here, like who are from other parts of the country right. and world, and who have only heard their full lengths and not their EPs, they probably are more familiar with how they sound now. Sure. But if you listen to like their first couple EPs, when I saw the first time I saw them, they had that one P. They did that EP with Seth. The very first one that has, like, Dave Gomez on the front and shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out Dave Gomez. <laughs> what up, Dave Gomez? <laughs> um, I have that in my room somewhere, sealed. I think I had a couple copies. I gave an open one away, and I have... I don't know why I still have it. I probably should sell it to somebody who wants it, but... Dave Gomez is on the cover. That's why I have it. <laughs> yeah, I have the first two those EPs, but uh, that Real Friends EP, like you watch them play live, and it was a little bit of a different flavor than they are now. Yeah, like so, just no, like it sounded like their very first EP sounded like the fastest kid alive. Like, but, but like, but less seen. Sure. Okay. Like slightly, like less like the cab and more like the Wonder Years. Okay. But then, like after that, like their second EP, yeah, the one that dragged you here, the bony knees. One that's and fucking the Wonder Years. But straight. yeah, 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 exactly. Like, Wonder <laughs> That's when the Wonder Years was influencing everybody in the scene real heavily. But but now I saw them, and I, not to cut you off, super real quick. My story was I saw them play, and the first thing I thought was, 
oh cool, people are starting pop punk bands again that aren't like like all time low. And then I just was like, God damn it, this sucks. Well, I'm saying we got that that whole era was created that I guess I don't really know how to describe it because it's not really Chicago. I would say I'll just call them like the that Centennial Lane scene, like the Tinley Park sure. scene. Yeah, like everyone was the Centennial Lane scene. That's a that rough thing though. That's perfect. That was like a thing for a while and. Those bands don't really, uh, they're either inactive or, or aren't doing much. Uh, so it's like, when you think of what's going on now, I was trying to think about it. When you when I'm trying to name, like... Yeah. I have to pee. Keep talking. Five, I have to pee when you're done. Like five, yeah, respect. <laughs> we're, we're all going to rotation here. I was, I was trying to think, yep. I asked myself this this morning when you guys, like, invited me on. I was like, can I name, like, five bands that are, like, pop punk right now? And three of them are out of Ontario, out of a whole, like that whole scene. Sure. Like like Pacific, Rarity, Seaway. You know? I really like Rarity. Rarity. Uh, th- I saw them uh, on that last Casey show actually, and they're they're good. You know, I didn't listen to a new record just because uh, when Counterparts put something out, that's all I listened to. So that, that sure. was a product of that. They're same label. Shout out Canada. But uh, uh, the other one I can think of. Is a band Grayscale and like I'm. Grayscale I, rules. I see that name everywhere and I haven't really listened to them much. But they're like a pop punk band, right? You you say. The, they were. Now they're doing that more. Again. Than everyone I, else does. Again, but it's just that's just it's it's a matter of progression, I guess. Yeah, you can't keep writing pop punk forever unless you're Nick Lord. Which I maybe that's maybe that's the lesson learned from from today's podcast. <laughs> like, you start a pop punk band, do it for like a year, and then carry on because you're not Nick Lord. And stick with your sound until you want to change, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think the last pop punk record I got excited for though was um, that like Pacific album that came out last year. Yeah. Yeah. They they always. It is good. It's very good. Yeah. There was one pop punk record that came out last year, and now I can't think of what it is. So fuck me. I should have brought that up. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you like Casey, because I don't know many people that even know who Casey is other than like Frank. They are one of my all-time favorite bands. That's and awesome. They're just, like, a quintessential melodic hardcore band. That's true. Yeah. And Frank loves them more than, like, I like anything. The thing is, like, you don't know who Casey is, or you're just, you absolutely love them and just start over the top of bottom most of the time. But, yeah, uh, that's true. Like, from that, that show is life-changing. Like, I have, like, my group of friends I talk to every day now, it's because I met them all at that show. Like, it was such a... That's awesome. One in a million type thing. But rest in peace, Casey. Um, Word. Shout out, Casey. And something else I want to kind of talk about is why the fuck is Pop Punk so connected to pizza? Because I'm really hungry, so I was thinking about getting a pizza later, but... Tiger's Jaw self-titled? Yeah, Tiger's Jaw's not not really a Pop Punk They're not, but they're... They're from that kind of, like... That record gets dragged into that, especially, like, the 2013 Suppy Tumblr thing that, like, went on. Mm -hmm. Tiger's Jaw's an incredible band, though. One of the best, you know? I think, um... Yeah, Tumblr fucked a lot of shit up. Now it's, like, dead because you can't... You can't watch porn or whatever. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I don't know why people, like, try to use these other websites for that when you could just go on, like, any porn yeah. site. They say it's not a porn podcast. It's like, <laughs> it's like, no, but it's like MySpace dying out. Well, you change the music. It's like, oh, Spotify, you dumbass. Like, like that, but that, okay, so going back, backpedaling a little bit, because we are talking about the pizza suppy thing. Like, that was when I was at that impressionable age and, like, really going to shows and stuff, but that, that was so huge for the genre, but I never, like, aligned with it. You know what I mean? 
Oh yeah. He was he asked the question why like why for a while um, it really died down now but like why like why pop punk was so associated with pizza. That dipshit from the internet. Uh, <laughs> that YouTube guy. What's his name? Oh yeah, the the every pop punk vocalist. Yeah, that because of that guy. It's not like something like what was that one guy? Because um, I was saying maybe it was because of Tigers Are Self titled. What was that blog that used to maybe that, uh, something about about Zach? Property is that. Property, property is that. Oh yeah, like fuck yeah. That, that was like the pitchfork of pop punk. <laughs> it really was though. Holy fuck shit, man. It was a huge deal. Um, I think the something I wanted to kind of talk about. I told Steve was I, I wanted to maybe talk about some like of our favorite locals. I oh, got sure. one. I got one, and it's the biggest one. Rebuild and rebound. Oh fucking yeah. Mike Klein. <laughs> Shout out Jimmy. Oh hey dude. <laughs> I like that guy, man. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. My favorite, some of my favorite people. In yeah. The so R and R, or some of our, four of our best friends. Who, um, so Danner is now in um, Pretty Grim and uh, Pretty, like his photography stuff's been going pretty. Dude, well. it's incredible. Yeah. The stuff he shoots is so insane. Um, Jimmy, aka his real name is Mike, but Jimmy uh, is well. He'll be leaving, but he's been in Stole Away my band for years, a few years now, four years. Now, his, now his rap career is gonna take yeah, off. Yeah, he does, has a really cool rap project. Dude, his shit is tight. Actually, if, <laughs> I can, <laughs> if I can segue real quick, Jimmy's music and Danner's photo, I laid, I, I, I laid out the art. And it's there like it's go. Danner's photo with Jimmy's music, and then I'm doing something similar for uh, Jake. For so Jake, Jake, yeah, Jake has is, a music thing going on. He's out in LA. Yeah, Jay Breezy. Yeah, he's and then branded as Jay Breezy. And then um uh. Quaid isn't really doing any music right now, but we t- I talk to Quaid like every day about hockey. He's just one of our That's Quentin's brother, right? Yeah. So Quaid, Quaid was in Stole Away for a little bit too. So but that, uh, that, that band's EP, incredible. That EP still still goes hard. Which one? The, the, the well, I mean the first one because it was just longer, but the the second one was really good too. Oh, you're talking about wishful thinking EP. Wishful thinking because they had the trash the paper bag EP with like trash talks on the second EP, but the paper bag demo EP yeah. and then the third EP. So, yeah, so that that's a great band. Remember um, we played a show with Rebuild and Rebound a couple years ago, and I took a picture of them like and I put it on our Instagram. And I was scrolling through our Instagram looking at old shit like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and you were in it. Oh yeah, I was, I was like, I'm like, holy like, shit, is that you? And you're like, oh yeah, I'm like, oh. I was, like, I was like real fat in that picture. Were you? Yeah, I like lost a bunch of weight since then. I mean, I gained some of it back because I've been eating like shit lately. Yeah. But we were, I'll get that off. We were very close with them. Mill would like do stuff like that, or I would, uh, I would scream on keep it secret, keep Jake, it safe. Jake and Mike both worked for me. Word. When yeah, I was the so store manager. Like we, yeah. Tight. That's a but it's a tar- far as far as pop punk locals go. Excuse me, it's like they're my number one. Um, and then for me, Get By used to constitute as a pop punk band. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we were in that G ripoff. Um, one of my old bands was called Cosmonaut, and we were a lot like Get By. We're like we were first like a more of a thrashy pop punk band, and then we kind of transitioned into like. We kind of sounded like a day to remember at the time, like old day to remember, but where we had the half heavy, half light, but it was kind of that flavor that Get By has where it's like darker, heavier, sure. but still like got the sure. influence by. You Get By reminds me of Close Your Eyes. Yeah, for Good sure. Word. For sure. I played it for someone and they told me that it sounded like um, Census Fail cover and turnstile. 
I was like, <laughs> fucking sick. That's cool, but it's like a really weird thing to think of. It really is. It's cool. um, We're so obviously, The Region is one of the better pop punk bands out right now. I, I feel I, like The Region could actually get decently big. They oh, yeah, should. of course. Uh, I also have like 13,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. Well, that's Jake, wild. Jake is like a music business guru, and he's been really busting his ass to like submit to playlists. True. He's not like like they're one of those bands where like they are really really conscious of like the current situation in the music business, and mm-hmm. they do stuff the way they have to. Where it's like they're not just like oh we're gonna like they don't buy streams or anything. Right. But they're one of those bands where they're giving the streams as as like a smaller like they're not like hopefully they get big. They're great, but like you know. They just are really fucking busting ass. So they're doing it right. Their new EP is really good. You should definitely check it out. Um, I think like Asteria was, and they started as a pop punk band for sure. Yeah. And I think that they are kind of one of those bands who grew with the change, like the 2005, like when Armor for Sleep and all that sure. shit was going on. They really. Joe you got more? Yeah. Can I have some more ice? Yeah. Um, so like Stereo, that was my favorite local band of all time, and it's like I'm not gonna be like Stereo was my favorite band, but they were my favorite band. If it wasn't for them, I probably wouldn't have started actually playing it. Oh band. sure. They kind of showed me that it was like, you know, when like when fucking five guys that went to your high school are like going on tour, and, and the dude from Hawthorne Heights signs them. Like, yeah, Nikki FM, Nikki AF, and like it kind of it's just it's just one of those things where you're like, I can do this. I'm not saying I could be as good as them, but I'm saying, like... You could do it. You could do it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Shut up. And um, the other thing to me is, like... You cashing that? Hmm? You want some? Um, they really... Oh, shit. I'm giving the rest. I might make another one. Um, it's loud as fuck, though. It's really, it's really interesting to me how they... Sorry for that coffee break on the pod. Um, they really kind of... happen every time. <laughs> They should have been a lot bigger than they are, but or they really break. Asteria to me was that perfect blend of pop punk and emo, where like there's you know, very, a perfect blend of that. Well, here's the thing, not not indie emo that I love. Sure. That weird. Like Molly emo. Well, Hawthorne Heights and Armor for Sleep and that weird pocket of two thousands emo. They had just a little bit of it. Oh sure, sure. And then they had a little bit of like indie and alternative and a little bit of of pop rock and then a little, like. The backbone of pop punk. They had a lot of this like funky dance kind of shit. They, they did, and some blues riffs. Mm-hmm. But they had this backbone of pop punk where it was like, hey, we're going to do these kind of melodies, but it's going to be darker. Sure. It wasn't like that fucking bright 145 shit. They were doing a yeah. lot of, like that, the chords, I mean, you know how to play a lot of those songs, those fucking two, you know, that F sharp with the fucking C under it and yeah. stuff and taste of touch. Like, it's real, it's real weird. But, um, that that for sure is like one of my top ones, and then there was somebody else I wanted to. There's a lot of pop punk bands over the years, but there's somebody I wanted to bring up, and I'm not blanking now. From here? Yeah. From back then or now? Um, from well, from probably from back then because there's nobody now besides like. Spineless in the region. Yeah, Spineless is a little pop punk, I would say. Yeah. I think well, Josh is is a really multifaceted musician, but check out Spineless Heartless. They're, um. They're flavored in pop punk, but and some emo and some alternative. But Josh, Josh is a—he plays everything. So there's a lot of cool rock shit in there. True, that kid is stupid talented. Well, like just the the, the thing with Josh is like I watched him like I knew him since he was because he's Steve's age. Yeah. So I like watched his music kind of like grow over time, and I'm just like I'm not surprised, but I'm like wow. Like, I was yeah, in a, good shit. was in a band with him for like a week in seventh grade. Tight. Yeah. Oh. Um, well, the the, it's the, the Paul the, Reed the, and the Smiths. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was actually called Eternal Enemy, and we had it was all covers. Well, Morrissey, Morrissey, the hardest name I've ever heard. You can't, you can't reference the Smiths because Morrissey's racist. No, he's a piece of shit, dude. It sucks because yeah. he's so incredibly talented. There's a sticker, a sticker from the '80s of Morrissey sitting up on that shelf. Fucking, insane. because it's. I mean, it's Morrissey. Before we found well, out he was racist. Dead. It might be. I don't know. I'll probably take it down. But it was the topper of our Christmas tree. That's sick. Because, um, you know, Christ it's, it's controversial Christmas, baby. No, the best pop punk band from the area, 100%, was one of my bands. It was Fast Food Kids. Word. Fast Food Kids. No, I'm, so. I'm being vain right now, but Fast Food Kids was a short-lived band. But that, that was so much fun. And that's the thing is like when you can have a gimmick, it's like out of shape guys playing pop punk. Absolutely, it's so cool. They're the band everyone brings up about now too. Where it's just like, um, said, oh, we should play shows again. Where it's just like, you know, like fast food kids needs to come back. They so should play shows. Be a fucking hoot. You will never get us six in the same room at the same time ever again. It'll just be too difficult. Nobody has the time. They eat inside me. And they, they don't do anything. And the and the the, the brain power. There's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, egos can, in that conflicting band. opinions. The egos in that. Well, I don't know about now. Everyone's old, so like, yeah, some I mean, of, like, different. I mean, I haven't talked to Darren in a long time, but you probably talked to him more recently than I. Uh, the last time I talked to Darren was probably like six months ago. Okay, I haven't talked to him since then. Oh. So like, you, I probably talked to Darren's dad more than I talked to him. But like, you probably have talked to him more recently than I have, and I don't know how involved he is, but me and him are both kind of like the like the lead guy in a band. And then Joe too, and Jake. So it's like, and there's and then Kyle was in the band, and Danny and I talk to Danny sometimes, but he's not really playing a lot either. So it's like, just to get us in the same room would be a fucking nightmare trying to organize. Sure. That. I mean, plus like when you have six people in a band, it's on. That sounds like a nightmare. It was fucking awful. Um, I think my favorite pop punk band from here now, like current, probably Lost Years. I really like Lusters a lot, and they're good dudes. Or just, um, I was going to say, not from the same band, but like you could say your favorite pop-punk band is just Dave Gomez. Dave Gomez. Not Summer Curse. Dave just, Gomez as a person is an entire pop-punk Yeah, band. just Dave Gomez. Shout out. Shout out, Shout out Dave, Dave, Dave Gomez. Gomez. Actually, when he was doing full band stuff, when he was doing like Night Terrors, yeah. they were fucking fantastic. They were so Didn't good. Did we play with them? Night Terrors, like years ago? I want to say we did. Dave Gomez is like the guy who fights the good fight and is still posting about Good Charlotte and like Simple Plan, and I love that. Or maybe we went to a show Jimmy's band played with with Night Terrors. I don't think I talked enough about Good Charlotte or Simple Plan on this podcast or Sum 41, but those are all bands that I love. None of those bands got mentioned until just now, and they were all like some of the biggest deal pop club bands of all time. Well, Blink and Newfound, they're like my one and one A, but like if I'm thinking about records that got me into playing music, it's like fucking old Sum 41. The first Simple Plan record, the first one's amazing. It is. The first two good Charlotte records. Right there. I will also say, uh, there may be a reason Yellow why, card. maybe a reason why that, that all these card. bands didn't get brought up too, because when you spend a lot of time trying to like do genre diagnostics, all those bands are 100% undeniably pop punk. Yeah, absolutely. And they never really... Well, Sum 41 had some... Sum 41's like a metal band. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying it's just as far as like that time period, though, it's like you're never going to be like, well, I'm about that. I spent more time talking about bands I don't like on this podcast, but I'll I'll say this, though. Like, somebody... Simple Plan is a band where, like, you listen to that first record, 
to me, that's the first record I spent my own money on. Like, all the stuff I got before that, like Blink and Newfound, my mom and dad. My, like, since I was a little kid, my mom and dad would buy me cassette tapes and CDs. Sure. They would have no problem. Maybe they'd say, hey, you can only get one or two. But yeah. they'd say, pick out what you want as long as it's, you know. I mean, they even bought me, like, some harsh, like, Eminem and shit when I was, like, nine. I used to have to take, like, the price tag sticker off of a CD and put it over the parental advisory label. So my I, I used to, like, do this thing where I'd hold it with my thumb and be like, hey, mom, can I get this? And she would just be like, okay. But, like, she wasn't stupid about it. Right. But, like, she'd just be like, don't repeat it, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, I probably heard Get Rich or Die Try at 50 Cent probably 10 years before I probably should have. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I thought, like, rap and stuff. Bangs. But, like, awesome. but, like <laughs> Blink, great. So, the thing is, my cousin got me into Blink. That's kind of how I got into pop punk. My cousin Kim, like, was into them. She's, like, a year and a half older than me. I was playing guitar. And she was introducing me to them and the offspring. And then I was, like, we were sharing. The, my cousin, I told you, we swapped CDs a lot. Yeah, yeah. So my mom was like, my mom was like, it's her birthday and her favorite band is a band called Blink-182. I have to go buy her something. And I can't remember if my mom bought her this. Uh, so she got the live record. And I think my mom bought it for her. Now her mom might have bought it for her, my aunt, but something my mom was going to. So then she shared that with like, wow. It was before you had CD burners. So she'd go, you can borrow this. Do you remember those days? Yeah. And that fucking changed my life. It's like the middle school version of tape trading. So I remember, yeah. like, within, so that was, like, 2000. So, like, 2001 comes, and I'm getting into these. But 2002, like, Simple Plan came out, and I heard that song on, I don't know, on TV, whatever, when they were playing all that shit. And my mom, I was 10, and I had saved up my own money, and I had money on me. And we went to fucking CD, one of the CD stores in the mall, maybe. I don't know if it was FYE back then or if it was one of the older ones. Yeah. But she was like, yeah, like I'm like, I'm going to buy this. My uncle had that CD, too. I remember seeing it in his rooms. He's not that much older than me. And I laughed at that. I was like, yo, word. <laughs> so that CD is like cheesy lyrics, but they're oh, all sure. really well-written melodies. And like, there's an incredible guitar work for a pop-punk record. And they're great live. So I think that's a good Charlotte too. The first time I saw Simple Plan was in 2001, maybe, at uh, Pop Disaster Tour. Simple Plan and Saves the Day, Blank and Green Day. It had to be 02. Well, it might have been 02. Because that's when that record came out. Then it was 02. And that's when, because that 01 tour Blink did was the one with Newfound. Yeah, because I went to that and that was Blink, NFG, and Off My Trio in right. Midtown. Holy, so that show! Fucking hell! God, when Gabe Saporto was tight, Midtown was a cool band. Midtown, Living Well is the best revenge. Is one of the best pop punk records of all time. Trio is a weird, like they are pop punk. They're like they're. I think Trio is the first. They're not evil pop punk like Hard. No, but they're like one of the they're first like, pop punk. Dark. Let's talk about being drunk and the devil and like skeletons like, being generally miserable. Fuck <laughs> yeah, Maskeva rules. He's a vampire. I love Maskeba. It's weird. I like Maskeba. It, it's really weird because like I like Maskeba for who he is as a person. But there was a lot of time I spent being upset that Tom DeLonge wasn't in Blink and Maskeba was. But it was never about Maskeba. Like I love Maskeba. It's just weird because he's so different from Tom DeLonge. I watched a video of a Blink playing some festival like within the last month or two. Okay. And whoever mixed the live audio did like a really bad job. Sure. But it's just. Over Matt's vocals is just Tom's track. That radio, that fucking iHeartRadio. Yeah, like, what the fuck, I commented on that, and I was like, can somebody in the comments please fucking explain to me what's going on? Because I've seen them twice with Maskeba. They don't do that. No, it's just it's a new thing, and they open with feeling this because that's what they've been doing for the last 200 years. Since they got back together. Super fucking tired of it, but whatever. Um, Well, when I saw them in 2009, they opened with Tom Pooley. 
Tai is fucking awesome. Fucking Tom's vocal take from the record is over top of Matt's singing, and it's still there. Like, can you still hear him singing? I don't who, understand. Who would prove that? Like that? It's like, one thing to backtrack. Why don't? Why wouldn't they just have Matt retrack it? Uh, you know what the problem is, though. It's because it's such like a con- conflicting like. Tom DeLonge not being in Blink and Maskeeva is it's an opinion thing. You have some you, you can have a different opinion on it, but people have opinions on it. And you you can't just have both at the same time. Like people always talk about, oh, it'd be cool if they were four piece and Tom DeLonge came back. It's like I don't think that would work. Yeah, but Blink's not a fucking four piece. Like, and no. Blink's not Green Day. Like they don't use auxiliary. Like they just go. Like people always talk about, oh, they suck. And I'm like, regardless of what your opinion is on that, they've always gone out there with three people yeah. and they've always just fucking done the set. And their energy is like you watch a band like Green Day, or like there's other bands that have auxiliary members. But I'm trying to think. I'm using them as an example because they're a three piece that uses sure. auxiliary. No, that guy's a he's an official member. Of Green now, Day. but he started. He, yeah, right. He started as um, an auxiliary. All Time Low has an auxiliary guitar player, so they have three fucking guitars lined. That's the most asinine. Bullshit. No, I was I was thinking of All Time Low, but I'm just trying to think of like a three piece that does this. So I can use sure. a comparison. When Green Day plays. And this guy, before he was even an official member, is kind of in that little pit area behind the amps. Yeah. They do that. It's like, it almost feels like this weird production where it's like low energy and they're just trying to play the songs perfect. Mm-hmm. But like with Blink, they just go out there and smack you. So people right. might say like, oh, they fucking, they sound like, what? people who don't really know music at all, like don't play anything, they give me these weird takes on it. Like, oh, why did you think it was bad? And they can't tell me. So I think a lot of it's just like, oh, I heard somebody else say it. But like... That's just really what I think. Not saying that their opinion's wrong, it's an opinion, but like, I'll say, oh, well, did they play off time or out of key or too fast or too slow or did you not like the transitions between? Like, I'll start asking them questions they can't tell me. Like, oh, oh. But like, yeah, the me. one thing that's for sure is like when you go see Blink Live, especially when they had Tom, like, you just get slapped in the face with energy. Oh, yeah. And it's awesome and it's fun. It's a fun, it's meant to be fun. Like, nope, they didn't fucking want people to come to their shows because they're you too. Right. They fucking were just like, we want to kick your ass and have a good time. And they do. So. And they still do, even when Matt's gave up. I mean, there's bands that, that do that and sound great, like Newfound Glory, and that's why I hold them in such high regard. Yeah. But there's a lot of bands that are not that, like, fun live for me to watch. Like, people have fun when they watch. I feel, I feel like a lot of people just go to shows and they just want to hear songs that they love and see bands that they like, and they don't really die, like, they don't digest what's going on around them. Yeah. But to me, I'll watch bands and I'm like, this sucks. But I'll tell you why I think it sucks. Yeah. Or I'll say, this is great. Here's why. I'm an opinionated guy. So am I. And I get it. That's why I have a podcast. <laughs> Steve's just sitting here like, I don't care about this anymore. He's like, I don't like pop punk. It's besides Seaway. I was talking about the Ontario scene. Unless I like Pacific and Rarity. That's that, that, Those are like, you know, in the terms of what we're talking, consistent pop punk fans. But I don't know. Um if you've gotten to this point, uh, thanks. But and if you didn't, who cares? We had a good time talking about the stuff. But sure I enough. think we should uh, start wrapping it wrap up. it up. Okay, here. well let's wrap it up with this. Um, give me your favorite pop punk band or bands, no limit. I'm just gonna do my one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and first, what was the first pop punk record you ever heard? And what's your favorite off the top of your head? The first pop punk record I ever heard, front to back, probably was Dude Ranch. Okay. My favorite pop punk record ever. Oh, fucking Christ. Self-titled NFG. Okay. And or say it like you mean it by the starting line. And what were your favorite like band or bands? MXPX. Sidewalk Slam. 
Slick shoes, though. <laughs> I fucking love slick shoes. Rufio. That's a bad question, because we can go on and on about this. For pop- sure. What was the last pop punk band you saw play live? Oh, shit. Um, I don't even remember. What was, what was the last show I went to? It's been a second. I can't. I don't remember. Okay. I really don't remember. Um... First record was a live Blink record because you had it. Yeah. And then probably end of the state after that. Uh, favorite records very hard. I will. I got. You know, I'm, it's been a while since I've even. But if it if it still constitutes as one, I'll say No Sanctuary by Lost for Words. Okay. Be Nothing by Boston Manor because that one's like more in the vein of pop punk. And then I say, if I had a favorite pop punk band, I'm thinking about it. It's between the story so far and Newfound Glory. Cool. Because pop punk, I have a hard time, uh, I guess, keeping up with because it's in a weird place and I'm just not there personally. So weird. That makes sense. For me, you guys know it's Blink and Newfound. Um, I don't know if I have a favorite pop punk record of all time because. The live Blink record doesn't really constitute as a studio album. Yeah, it's a live album. But that's the first one I owned and probably the first one I heard if I really think... I mean, I'm sure I've heard stuff before that that I don't remember, like Offspring and Green Day because it was so popular. Sure. But that was the first one I remember being like, holy shit. And then, bad. and then right away getting into Blood State and Dude Ranch, you know. Um, and actually, the last show I went to where I saw a pop-punk bands, if you count Boston Manor and Heart Attack Man Steve and I went to that together. Um... I will say this, too, before we wrap it up. This is just kind of like a shootout. Well, we can do a more proper one or in-depth stuff on bands, but I'm glad that we kind of aired out some stuff because now we can branch off into other topics. Sure. But uh, it, was, it was a pretty good conversation. I think we all kind of have similar viewpoints on things. And, uh, you know, hopefully if anybody did listen to this podcast, they enjoyed it somewhat and didn't get offended. Oh, sure. But, uh, I'm sure I doubt anybody. If I, if I dislike your favorite band, it's nothing personal. And if you dislike my favorite band, I'm going to come kill you in your sleep. Sorry about you. I'm only kidding. Said it with conviction. I'm only kidding. No. Most All right. Well, shout out. Peace out for the podcast. Peace. Peace.